You are listening to Seattle Sports Saturday with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. Second hour underway here on Seattle Sports Saturday. If you missed any of that first hour, make sure you're downloading the podcast, 710sports.com, or on the 710 Sports app that is powered by the Dubin Law Group. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you're leaving those five-star reviews. Five stars only. Anything less, we're coming for you. Just kidding. Well, I would never make a threat like that. Um, <laughs> we're, we're too soft. Yeah, exactly. We're like Charmin, really. Uh, yeah. But we got plenty coming your way here in this second hour. By the way, make sure you're keeping it locked here on 710 ESPN uh, all day today because coming up at 2 o'clock today is going to be the Cougar pregame show. Getting ready for the Ducks as Wazoo takes on Oregon. That's coming up at 4 o'clock kickoff. Uh, Taylor, big test for your Cougs today. Number 11, Oregon. But is it really number 11, or do we even know anything about this Ducks team, even though they took down Stanford? I mean, it, there's just so much anonymity here. Yeah, look, they're good. They're they're still a top team. I don't know if they're 11 or 5 or 8 or 15, but they're a top team. They're going to be a tough team. Ran some simulations on the old NCAA 14, updated the rosters, Ooh. and uh, it was not pretty there for the Cougs in that simulation. Basically, a <laughs> Hail Mary touchdown at the end of the first half was the only real good thing that happened to the Cougs in that game. So, And, and that was with uh, uh, Su- Penny Sewell was in, in that simulation, and he's oh, not wow. playing. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's not going to be good, I don't think, for the Cougs tonight. I'm going to watch. going to love it just to see the Cougs. But Oregon's good, man. They got some talent. They do. They do. Make sure you're you're if you're on Twitch, make sure you're following our guy Taylor here uh, because it's not just, you know, doing your video game streams, but also Thursday Night Football. You're one of the official tissue streamers going on there. Yeah, so you can watch the Thursday night football NFL streams for free anywhere in the world other than China um, on my channel for free at twitch.tv slash Taylor Jacobs. So, and this week, Hawks Cardinals, come join the conversation. Ton of 710 people love to just stop by in the chat. Uh, This is your opportunity to watch with us. They'll be talking in the chat. I'll be talking in the lower part of the screen. I'll try and drown out Troy and Joe Buck as much as I can for the Seahawks fans. Give you a nice Seattle-centric point of view. And, yeah, and we do some college football streams. We talk sports. We talk it all. So twitch.tv slash Taylor Jacobs. Would love if you came by and uh, chilled with us. It's always, always a fun time whenever you're tuning in on Twitch with Taylor. That is, uh, that's coming your way later in the week on Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, let's get into what's going on right now with this hour's Big Three. Number one. Well, Curtis, we're back to scoreboard watching here for the NCAA football. Some games canceled, some games going, some games already happened. Specifically, the number seven Cincinnati Bearcats winning over the East Carolina Pirates, I believe, uh, 55-17. And that was the your Friday night football action there. Miami and Virginia, Virginia Tech, pardon me, currently underway. Virginia Tech up 21-13 there in the third. 
Indiana up big on Michigan State, 24 to nothing. Liberty up big too, 35-7. Your number 22, Liberty. Surprising to see that, but 2020, what can you say? Marshall also up, number 16, Marshall. Uh, up 21-7 there at halftime as well. And some big games happening this week. Notre Dame taking on Boston College. USC Curtis taking on the Wildcats. Bear down. Bear down. There we go. Number 13, Wisconsin taking on 1-2 and two Michigan, who is in desperate need of a win. Things looking weird there in Ann Arbor. But talked about the cancellations earlier, Curtis. Georgia, Missouri, A&M, Tennessee, Ohio State, Maryland, and LSU, Alabama were all either postponed or canceled this week. And keeping that number of cancellations slash postponements in NCAA around 33%. So almost a third of your games canceled or postponed. Number two. Well, the best kind of history was made on Friday morning as the Miami Marlins hired longtime baseball exec Kim Ang to be their next general manager. This move makes Ang the first ever woman to be the GM of a team in the big four American sports, baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. Ang is no short on experience. She was an integral part of the Yankees front office during their heyday in the late 90s when they won three World Series titles. She was the assistant GM to Brian Cashman at just 28 years old back then. She spent some time in the White Sox and L.A. Dodgers front office. And for the last nine years, she served as MLB's senior vice president of baseball operations. She is not short on experience with the game. She takes over an up-and-coming Marlins team that advanced to the divisional round of Major League Baseball's postseason. This isn't just breaking through the glass ceiling. This is taking a pile driver to a bulletproof glass ceiling with about two tons of concrete poured on top. Shout out to Kim Ang. Shout out to the Marlins for making history. She's so deserving of this uh, honor and, and of this job. And I, I hope that the Marlins become a perennial contender under her watch uh, because this is one of the coolest stories of 2020 and just a, a, an incredible step forward for equality in sports and just everything that we should all be championing and rooting for. Number three. Ah, there it is. Oh, yes. Music, a tradition unlike any other. The Masters underway in a weird, delayed, unlike any other Masters. No spectators. All three, uh, pardon me, all day three pairings currently underway at the Masters this morning. Defending champion Tiger Woods, he began today four shots back of a five-way tie, which has now broken up. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, The cut line was set at even, and the odds-on favorite, Bryson DeChambeau, throw them DeChambeaus, barely making it under that line. So currently, Dustin Johnson sitting at minus 14 through 7 on the day. He's minus 5 on the day. You also have uh, Thomas and Rom also at minus 11 and minus 10 right there in the running as well. So some, some familiar names at the top of the Masters leaderboard. Now, tomorrow, Sunday's coverage could get a little tricky if you plan on tuning in. If the Masters final round is delayed due to weather or a playoff, CBS will send the Masters to ABC in favor of the afternoon slate of NFL games. So, 
Might be doing some channel hopping. It's going to be a uh, slam-packed Sunday with Pac-12, Masters, and NFL games. It's going to be a Sunday unlike any other, thanks to the Masters. Hello, friends. Jim Nance here. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Taylor, you and I, we're both married, so we can never, you know, we, we'll never be able to use the Masters theme as, like, wedding music, but it sounds like wedding music. Yeah, yeah. If Also... It just is pleasant. It feels great. Reminds me of Jim Moore. Also, we'll talk about him at the end of the hour. We love Jim Moore and the golf show. And, yeah, pleasant feelings when you hear this song. Oh, yeah. Tradition unlike any other. Uh, that is this hour's big three. Uh, Taylor, you mentioned in your, your first big three about Michigan uh, de- in desperate need of a win. I, n- not just that program, but I think Jim Harbaugh is in desperate need of a win, which may actually be a blessing in disguise, I think, for Harbaugh, because if he does get let go by Michigan, I would imagine there are going to be a lot of NFL teams jumping over themselves to get him, mainly the Jets, probably going to be in the market for a head coach. Uh, so him having, you know, a rough go of it in Michigan may actually be to the NFL's benefit. Yeah. And he may want to get out while the getting's good, because, uh, if this is what he's been able to do and he was supposed to be this amazing recruiter and bring new life to this program and has struggled against the big dogs in the big 10 and specifically Ohio state. And if you can't get that done. Like a lot of college football fans, if the rivalry can't be won, then the job can't be done. So they get out of there. I made a little run. You did. That was that was <laughs> impressive. I'll give you some snaps for that. Uh, also yes. in this uh, week's honorable mentions, big week for the NBA. Uh, as A, they've pretty much come to an agreement on December 22nd being the start of the next season. It feels like they just want to get this one out of the way uh, as quickly as possible. So December 22nd looks like that's when games will tip off. But this Tuesday, you're going to have the NBA draft. Uh, It'll be done virtually just as the NFL draft and the Major League Baseball draft have been done. Uh, It's going to be a weird draft because there really isn't a standout prospect above everybody else. The Timberwolves have the number one pick. The Warriors have the number two pick. There are about three or four guys that are sort of jockeying for that number one pick. James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball. Uh, Those three seem to be the the names atop the draft board. But uh, Taylor, any sort of draft night, is is an incredible night in terms of just ridiculousness. I'm looking forward to that, uh, even though we still have no idea what's going to happen in this draft. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like you might see a trade at one and two. You might see both of those teams trade out of that spot. And for the Warriors, I mean, this is just icing on top of a 10-layer cake. Like, it is just... <laughs> How could this even happen? I mean, I know how it happened. They lost all those games. They were terrible last year. They were hurt. But, oh, my gosh, they're going to get a top, the, a lottery pick at the top of the draft to add to Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. So they're getting another piece, of, and it just feels like they could even move that and get a couple other depth pieces and and it would maybe even make more sense to do that. So you're right. Ridiculousness. 
it feels weird. It feels less hyped than other NBA drafts just because how weird things are this year. But I can't wait. Love the NBA draft. Love the NFL draft. Just love the draft. Other than, like, you know, military drafts. (laughs) I think I like all drafts. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a big fan of that one, but uh, yeah, that's coming your way Tuesday night. I believe it's going to be on ESPN. Coming your way next year on Seattle Sports Saturday, we're going to take a trip around the NFL, look at some of the biggest headlines and news heading into this upcoming slate of games on Sunday. I believe it's what week nine already, week ten. Is this week ten? Yeah, it's week ten. Oh my goodness! Yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's you blink and it's gone. <laughs> Uh, that's coming your way next year on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. That's right. It is time for NFL headlines. You hear that music. It can only mean one thing. Big weekend in the NFC West. All thanks in part to the Cardinals taking on the Bills, the Seahawks, and the Rams. What will it mean for the NFC West? You look at the AFC East, Taylor, though. A a bit of a reprieve here from the NFC West. Did we underestimate the AFC East? Because we knew New England wasn't going to be as good this year, and they clearly haven't been. And The Jets are awful. But the Bills and the Dolphins have really shown up in 2020. Miami... Having Seattle's back, unlike any other team, they've beaten all three of Seattle's divisional opponents and then lost to Seattle. But then the Bills this week, they could move to three and zero against NFC West opponents. Obviously, you got to be rooting for Buffalo on tomorrow. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. I want to see Josh Allen just ball out like he did against the Seahawks. I know Buda Baker was questionable. There, he's expected to play, but that could be a big blow again if they don't have him. But who who saw this coming with the Dolphins and the Bills? I would have looked at you like you were crazy if you had said this. The Bills, maybe less so. I knew that they would maybe take that next step with Josh Allen getting digs, but but the Dolphins. No way. They, they're they ahead of schedule. And they don't even have some of the talent around Tua yet that they want. And they're still getting some of these big Ws. And now that, that win against Miami looks great, right? Yeah. Well, in Miami, speaking of the talent that they want to surround Tua, they have Houston's first-round pick uh, in the 2021 draft. Houston clearly among the worst teams in the NFL right now. So that pick could turn into a top t- easily a top 10 maybe even a top five pick you add that to Tua and company in Miami all of a sudden the Dolphins looking good but what Miami was able to do last week against Arizona they were matching Kyler Murray and the Cardinals uh, shot for shot basically and it came down to that last kick by Arizona Zane Gonzalez misses uh, and all of a sudden now the Dolphins you kind of have to start paying attention to uh, because they they kind of look they they I don't want to say they're for real yet because I still think they got a little bit ways to go to, before they can prove that, but they're a fun team. If, if there was such a thing as like NBA League Pass where you can pick the teams you want to watch this season, I think Miami would be on my list. Yeah, and if they bring back those throwback jerseys with the players are trying Ooh. to petition, oh boy, oh boy, that's going to be a fun team to watch and fun team to look at too if they they get those cool jerseys back and 
I have it for the end of this this segment, but I was going to bring it up now. Just how great is this AFC conference right now? And you look top to bottom. There's some yeah. good teams in the AFC this year. There, yeah, Pittsburgh and Kansas City, a, a notch above everybody right now. Heck, even Baltimore. I mean, they pick up that big win last week. They're six and two. Uh, they beat the Colts last week. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson had some interesting things to share in the media. We'll get into that here coming up in a little bit. But there is, I think, a big divide between how good the AFC is and, and where the NFC is at. And I think we learned just how much that was last week watching the Seahawks take on the Bills. I, I think if Seattle were an AFC team right now, I don't know if they'd be six and two. I, I think they would be probably closer to four and four, maybe five and three, because that AFC conference, there's a, a really good team in just about every division right now. Uh, the Bills in the East, uh, I would say the Colts and the Titans in the South, those, both those mm-hmm. teams pretty good. We saw that on Thursday night. Uh, the Colts surprising everybody by blowing out the Titans. But then uh, in the North, you've got you know the Steelers, the Browns and the Ravens, all three teams with winning records. Steelers still undefeated. And then you got the Chiefs and Raiders in the AFC West. I mean, that conference is it is built to last here in 2020. Uh, I, I would not want to face any one of those teams, and I'm very thankful the Seahawks are in the NFC here in 2020. Yeah. No thanks. Keep us in the AFC, please. <laughs> uh, speaking of those Ravens, Taylor, did you hear this week Lamar Jackson appeared on the Rich Eisen show, uh, and he talked about how opposing defenses this season have been able to call out the plays the Ravens are going to be running before Baltimore even snaps the ball. And I wonder what your take is on that, Taylor. Do you think it was right for Lamar Jackson to air that out so publicly, or or should that have been something definitely kept within the Ravens' headquarters? I always like keeping it Keep it in the doors, right? Don't air out the dirty laundry. That's not for any other team to know if it's true, right? Especially if it's true. Don't tell teams that they're getting it right. (laughs) But it just feels like he's still learning, and that's okay. He's a young quarterback. He's learning to be a leader both on and off the field. Look, I think it's a mistake. No need to drag him over the coals. I think the offense will learn to hide things, to scheme a little bit better. He will learn to do it a little bit himself. He's not completely blame-free in these scenarios and what he can do to change up maybe his calls, to change up some of the audibles and the hot hot routes. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles this going forward. Wouldn't have done this. Not especially concerning, but just a mistake. Yeah, I, I think this is something that he's, he's definitely needs to learn from. I'm sure he got a stern talking to from his coaches and his teammates uh, in Baltimore. But I will say this, as, as people in the media, us being part of the, uh, the, the lamestream media, as it were. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I love when players do this. I, I cannot get enough of this kind of content. Uh, shout out to him for doing it in such a public manner because it gives, it gives us stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I'm happy to talk about it if he wants to say it, but I would yeah. also advise just as a person, hey, maybe don't say that. And we can talk about other things, but we'll take it if you want to talk about it. That's for sure. Yeah. 
some developing news with that Bills Cardinals game tomorrow down in Arizona. The Bills just a couple moments ago placed Josh Norman, Tyler Croft, the tight end, Levi Wallace, another quarterback, and safety Dean Marlowe all on the reserve COVID-19 list. They will not travel and play in Sunday's game. Uh, Norman tested positive, and then Croft, Wallace, and Marlowe have been defined as close contacts. Uh, so they will not travel either. Defensive assistant coach Leonard Johnson not traveling to Arizona as well. Uh, those are big pieces, especially Norman and Wallace, two guys who are, are definitely big keys to that secondary. Uh, do you think Buffalo might have a little more trouble now slowing down Arizona's passing attack and, and Kyler Murray's big right arm? Yeah. I Look, I, we talked about it when the Seahawks played the Cardinals in our first show back. and Look, the Cardinals got some playmakers, and Chase Edmonds has been doing a great job at running back, and DeAndre Hopkins is... I, I don't even have enough words to describe how good he is at wide receiver. And again, Christian Kirk's just fi- Christian Kirk, pardon me, finds a way to just get into big situations, make big catches, big scores. And they're rolling. Buda Baker again making plays on the defensive side for them as well, and they're getting after the quarterback and they're a scary team. And so if I'm the uh, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm worried right now that Losing some of these players, even though Josh Norman's still being stiff-armed. I don't know if he's even landed yet from that. Um, that that some of these players and some of these key role players aren't there. Just like I have with the Seahawks. I, have, I would have some of those concerns with the Bills now as well. Those are some of our biggest headlines heading into week number 10 in the NFL. Still plenty to get to in this one. We need your shout-outs. That'll come at 11.45 this morning as we wrap up Seattle Sports Saturday. But before that, what are the keys to a Seattle victory over the L.A. Rams tomorrow? It's a big one for Seattle and the NFC West playoff picture. Still plenty to get to. This is Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. We need your shout-outs to the Busy Hard Seltzer text line, 710-710. That's where we want to see them. We'll read those off coming up in about 15 minutes from now. We'll also give you our shout-outs as we wrap things up here on Seattle Sports Saturday. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. Thank you so much for making us a part of your morning. We we truly do mean that. Uh, I mean, we would not be able to do what we do if it weren't for you. So shout out to you guys for making us a part of your morning, a part of your Saturday morning, wherever it is, or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, thank you so much. But uh, Taylor, tomorrow, kickoff, 125, pregame show beginning at 10 right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seahawks, Rams, it never goes the way you want it to against the Rams. Even if even if it ends in a victory, it just never goes the way you plan it. I believe Pete Carroll has a sub-500 record all-time against the Rams. I mean, just I say all this because I think I'm preparing myself for another game where at some point I'm going to be pulling my hair out because that's just how, A, the Seahawks do it, and B, that's just how the Rams play against the Seahawks. What is it about the Rams you think that makes it just so frustrating of, of a watch? Because I can't remember the last time I've ever breezed through a Rams game. 
I just think they're they're bought into the system just like the Seahawks. I'm sure people say this about playing Seattle too, right? That just how can this team find a way to win all these games that they do play poorly sometimes and still find a way in spite of some of those things. So <clears throat> to me, it, it, it truly, it, it's a two-way mirror that you can see both of these teams. There's a lot of similarities between the two, and they bought into the system. They bought into McVay as a coach. They, they buy into his energy, into his play calling. They, uh, they understand their roles. I don't think Jared Goff thinks he's a superstar quarterback, but he understands he can win them and lose them the game by his play. And that some of these receivers now understand their roles in this offense. And Aaron Donald understands what he can do when he's disruptive. So they just understand who they are, what they can accomplish. And even though they have a different roster, some can some could argue a less talented roster, but they just find a way to maximize their talent. It's almost like what Chris Peterson used to do. He could take any player and get the best out of them. And I think McVay does that quite a lot in LA too. Yeah. I think McVay has him and Kyle Shanahan kind of go back and forth in terms of who's the second best head coach behind Pete Carroll in the NFC West. I think McVeigh has proven in 2020 that he is the second best behind uh, behind Pete Carroll because this is a Rams team that spent a lot of their offseason almost tearing it down in a way where they traded a lot of of big names. You know, Brandon Cooks no longer a part of the Rams. Uh, you know, Todd Gurley they released him after giving him that huge contract, him not living up to that, and they just said, you know what, we're going to cut bait here and. And, yeah, it may be a controversial move, but this makes us a better team. And people are like, I don't know, how are you going to replace that production? Well, they've done that. They've absolutely done that. Uh, This Rams team is much better off now than where they were a year ago. I mean, they're still missing a couple of high-round draft picks over the next couple of years, but so are the Seahawks. Uh, You know, this Rams team, for whatever reason, Sean McVay just just knows – how to get the most out of them, like you said, and it makes them very, very difficult of, a, of an opponent, especially against the Seahawks. And, and just a couple of keys that are going to be so important tomorrow, Taylor. Looking at Seattle's running back situation, uh, you know, DJ Dallas probably going to get the start again because he's the healthiest of all of them. Uh, Travis Homer's out there. If Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde can't go tomorrow, do you think Seattle has has enough to control the game offensively and keep the Rams off the field and, and give Seattle's defense maybe a breather or two? As long as number three's back there, Curtis, they got a chance. Will they? I don't think so because it's a big ask, and it's going to be a big ask of Russell Wilson. He's going to have to do a lot, make some of the plays with his legs, So they have to take that seriously and spy on him. He's got to use his tight ends like we heard about earlier from the texters. He's got to take advantage of DK Metcalf and Jalen Ramsey when he does get the one-on-ones because in spite of all these great cover corners who have been on DK, he's still the number one receiver in single coverage. So when you get those opportunities, take advantage. Tyler Lockett, what can he do if Jalen Ramsey truly is following DK across the field? You know, can you get him into some space, get him into some situations you can trust him? But 
again, that all comes back to number three, Russell Wilson. He's going to have to really Marshawn Lynch, put the team on his back on Sunday and carry them to a victory, both with his legs and with his arm, because without two of those guys or even one of those guys healthy, it's going to be really, really tough um, for the Seahawks offense. Yeah, I think just getting one of those guys back would be a world of difference from what we saw against the Bills and what we saw at the end of the game against the Cardinals. Uh, Whether it be Hyde or Carson, I I think one of those guys puts Seattle in a much better position uh, going up against this Rams team from an offensive perspective. But there's not going to be your regular starting center going up against Aaron Donald who gets penetration against any team that, that he so chooses. How do you think Kyle Fuller will perform against Aaron Donald, and do you expect the Rams' defensive line to impose their will a little bit more than than we anticipate here? Uh, Look, I'm anticipating him to to, to force their will no matter what, so I don't know if they can do it any more than I anticipate because I expected expected it to, to be there no matter what. But to me... It, again, that comes down to Russell Wilson. Can he get the ball out of his hand? He's going to be able to help himself in some of these situations, but he's got to do it because they're coming. Aaron Donald will not stop all game. He jaws at him all game, and when he hits him, he's jawing at him. Russell's got to be able to talk that talk this weekend because, like you said, Curtis, this defensive line, if they can get that push – and and truly dictate where the line of scrimmage is. It's going to be next to impossible to run, even with a healthy Chris Carson and with a healthy Carlos Hyde and all of those guys. So it just, there's a lot of people who need to do their job this weekend. Some of them need to step up and even do a better job than they've done before. Offensive line as a whole, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them. And if they can just be consistent in getting off the line, hitting him in the mouth, getting low, getting that leverage, and helping Russell to step up in the pocket and make the deep throw down to Lockett or or DK, that's when you're going to see the Seahawks be successful and find that rhythm that they so desperately need in order to win this game. And then on the other side of the ball for the Seahawks, that secondary is beat up. It is bruised. It is battered right now. Quentin Dunbar, Shaquille Griffin, both not going to be playing tomorrow uh you've got trey flowers who unbelievably has become the steadiest cornerback you have he has been the one guy that has been the most dependable of any of them and taylor if i had told you that uh in the preseason this year or in training camp that trey flowers come week 10 is going to be the number one cornerback and you would be okay with that based off of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks would you have how many bath salts do you think I would have, have consumed at that point? All, all of them in Florida <laughs> is what I would have said. And I love Trey Flowers. Again, I have a little bit of a bias opinion because we did Hawks Live Gaming last year, and he was one of the guys he actually asked to extend the interview and keep playing because he was having such a fun time. Unfortunately, the camera was not recording, so the episode was lost forever oh. in the ether. <clears throat> Happens to the best of us. So I do have an irrational love for him. Trey and Tay is what we were calling ourselves. 
But I, like I, I would have laughed. I would have laughed at you. I would have, like you said, Curtis, I'd been like, you know, where are you getting the stuff? Can I get some of that too? Because boy, oh boy, it's messing you up and your brain up because <laughs> there's no way. There can't be any way. And yet there is a way and it's happening. And it, to be honest with you, I think now it's not just a trend. I think he's just playing great. Yeah, I think he's absolutely leapfrog Quentin Dunbar on the depth chart. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, there was a lot of questions coming into this season whether Shaquille Griffin or Quentin Dunbar would be the one to get the new contract heading into 2021. I, I don't think there's any doubt as to who's going to be the most likely to get that now. It's Shaquille Griffin, uh, 100%. I, you know, Dunbar obviously his off-the-field troubles uh, heading into this season – they got that squared away, but, I mean, that set him back so much in his development, uh, him coming over and learning the system here in Seattle. I mean, it just has piled up for him, and, and he's, you know, we saw it last Sunday. It wasn't anything that, you know, schematically they were doing different. It's just that his injury played a huge role into why Josh Allen was able to have such a big day, why Stephon Diggs was able to have such a big day, because they were just they were going after him all 60 minutes and there was nothing the Seahawks could do about it until the very end when they moved uh, Quentin Dunbar out of the lineup. I, I look at this secondary though, Taylor in without Griffin or Dunbar opposite of Trey flowers right now, you got DJ Reed, who, who is just a couple weeks back from injury himself. Lyndon Stevens is a possibility at that cornerback spot. Ugo Amadi coming back. That's a big return. Mm-hmm. That opposite side of Flowers, how do you think it goes tomorrow with any one of those three guys uh, sort of taking over for Dunbar and Griffin? It's going to be a big ask. And to be honest with you, there, there's probably going to need to be some help o- over the top as well, right? <clears throat> Cooper Cup, a great receiver, can get to that next level. You know, Adams has got to be ready back there, and he's not the best cover guy. He loves bringing pressure and getting into the box. Um they're going to lean on him heavily in that back that back line because if the safeties can take away those big plays and truly force them to 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 run the ball and take those little plays they can bend they can bend they can bend and it will force them not to break those big plays are back breaking especially to the Seahawks defense in this form so they got to limit that and Adams and Pete Carroll plays from the back forward former safety He's got to convince those guys to take a step up and be the leaders because you're right. The other side of that, that DB secondary is going to be a big question mark and they're going to be cycling in guys to figure out who can do it, but they they're going to desperately need that help over the top. Coming up next, it is time for your shout-outs. It's time for our shout-outs. Text those in to the Vizzy Heart Seltzer text line, 710-710. It's been a week and a half here on at 710 ESPN Seattle. Uh, we got plenty of people to shout-out, including a, a trio that you probably are, are guessing who we're going to be shouting out. But that's coming up next here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. Time for shout outs here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Plenty of shout outs, lots of good ones coming in. Uh, 
Taylor, this first one from the 206 says, shout out to Jake Heaps' boy Troy Aikman for being on the Hawks call this week. I believe we'll get two straight games of Troy Aikman. So, Jake, yeah. strap up. Or if you don't want to hear Troy and Joe right. on Thursday, you could watch on my stream on twitch.tv slash Taylor Jacobs, Hawks, Cardinals, Part de Electric Boogaloo, the whole shebang <laughs> for free. Unless you're in China. Then I can't help you out. But if you're anywhere else in the world, you can watch it for free. Join us. There'll be some 710 people in the chat. We'll be talking about the Seahawks. Just It'll be a more Seahawks-centric stream. So if you want to uh, ignore Troy and Joe, come on down. Yeah. As as I think hopefully that will uh, you know convince some people here to not tune into Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Because for whatever exactly. reason... They get on uh, they get on Seahawks fans' nerves specifically. I don't know what it is. I, I honestly like I I don't get it, but mm-hmm. I will not try to convince you otherwise in in your hate because so many people are just so firm in why they don't like Joe Buck or Troy Aikman. Uh, but yeah, that, whatever. I, I'll, shout out to Jake Heaps. Your boy is coming to town for two straight weeks. So uh, get used to it. Uh, on a more serious note, here at 710 this week, uh, we experienced a, a really tough day on Thursday where uh, we lost, uh, you know, or three of our coworkers are no longer employed here. And because of the pandemic and, and the financial setbacks uh, that have just crippled so many of us, uh, that have crippled so many businesses around town. Uh, unfortunately, that happened here at, at 710 ESPN. Um, so shout-out to John Clayton, the professor. Shout-out to Tom Wassell. Uh, and shout-out to Jim Moore for all their years uh, of working here at Bonneville. I believe all three of them were approaching about 10 years uh, of being on the air here, uh, whether you know it be in – you know, John's role as an analyst, then becoming a host about four or five years ago, uh, Tom's role of producer, then becoming a host or Jim, uh, as co-host of, of the afternoons for so long. Um, Taylor, I know you and I have had plenty of opportunities to work with all three of them. We've produced all three of them in some capacity, uh, over the last 10 years and, and just, or, or over the, well, we haven't been there for the entire 10 years, but we've been there for a good portion of it. And I think I speak for, for myself and for you and just saying that, you know, we're, we're going to miss working with them in a big, big way. Oh yeah. And, um, look, you, you hit it right there. We, we've, we have some different perspectives. We've been producers for Clayton. We've been producers for, you know, all the Jim Moore variations of his show at some point or another. We've worked as a producer with Tom and as, you know, him as a host producing his show. It's, uh, it, it just, it's a bummer. There's no other way to put it. None of us are happy. This wasn't something, this wasn't a decision because of ratings because they they were doing a bad job or people hated them. It was COVID. You know, we took such a massive hit at 710. There wasn't sports to talk about. Our sponsors, who are amazing, and people who buy ads on the station, they took a hit, and people in this community took a hit. And 
unfortunately, this is when we're starting to feel it. And we were lucky enough to make it this long, but unlucky enough to make it past this point. And, um, you know, we could go on about each of them individually, right? John, you know, led into the show. We worked with him specifically. We both were his producers. He is a Hall of Famer. You know him as the professor. You know, with Jim, I grew up reading Jim articles and I would cut them out. I always tell him and Danny this all the time. They don't believe me, but I would cut their articles out of the newspaper because I loved them so much. They had a personality. And it was rare to get that from a newspaper article about the Sonics or whatever they were talking about at the time. And then Tom, right? Tom and I have had some some great debates. We've had some rough debates. We've debated about Mumford and Sons until we both were yelling for some reason. And then now we can laugh at those moments and, and truly appreciate them and now cherish them because, unfortunately, there there won't be a lot more of those types of memories in the workspace. So um, we wish them the best. We know they're all going to do great things. You should follow them. Stay tuned with what they have to do. And and I hope you'll stay listening with us too, because again, we lost teammates. This wasn't our decision. We hurt just as bad as you. And um, hopefully together with your help as li- as listeners and our help, we can get through this together and, and, and come out of this a stronger community. Yeah, I mean, just from from where I, I viewed it all, I mean, John Clayton and I, we for the last year, we're together from 10 a.m. to noon every single day. And, uh, you know, I mean, I had never worked with him really in any sort of capacity before being paired together a year ago. Didn't, didn't know what to expect, but uh, he was gracious, uh, allowed me so much creative control, as to what was going on from from 10 a.m. to noon every day. I mean, his name was on the show, and but he allowed me to, you know, put my elbows out there, and uh, you know, I'll, just can't thank him enough for for all of that. I can't thank him enough for uh, taking me to the Super Bowl with him. Uh, you know, uh, that's a bucket list item for anybody, and you know, even people in the media. Not every one of us gets to go to that hardly ever, and. Uh, to be able to experience that with him last year was was just uh, so incredible and can't thank him enough for that. Tom and I, our trivia battles are are the stuff of legend uh, throughout mm-hmm. the halls of, of 710. Uh, I can't thank him enough for, for uh, you know, challenging me and, and being an encourager and really being uh, – you know, somebody that he, uh, you know, kind of took under his wing for a little bit there when I was first starting out. And then Jim Moore, I mean, uh, one of the true originals, uh, there is nobody like Jim Moore. And that's the best thing about Jim is that there's mm-hmm. nobody like him. Uh, every, anytime you got roasted by him, it was, it was great because that it was an honor. That was the sign, Yeah. That was the sign that he, he respected you and had love for you. Uh, so, Jim, I hope to be roasted by you uh, at some point in the near future. Um, so, yeah, that's and that's Coug, our shout-outs. Right. This Fellow Coog, yeah. right? Exactly. Got to give him the Coog. One go Coogs for Jim. Go, you know, go listen to a fish song for Tom. Ignore country for a full day for Clayton. Yeah. And uh, we hope you'll just keep listening to us. Again, we hurt just like you. This is not a happy week for us. And hopefully... 
you know, you, you, you allow us to still be in your lives because we want to keep bringing you some great sports talk, some great Seattle sports coverage. And we just, we'd love to be there with you if you'll have us. And we understand the pain you're going through. So we're there with you. We're fans too, right? We're also fans of the station. We are, uh, I guess on a on a more positive note, we can end it with this. Shout out to my wife for uh, being a champion, not just taking care of me, but also taking care of a newborn on the way here. Yes, uh, or not? Uh, they're not born yet, so I guess I, I put it kind of weirdly there. But yeah, we're we're expecting. So <laughs> oh it, it's not all bad news this week. Huge congrats to you and Brenna. I mean, I. I don't want to get emotional. You guys are amazing. We love you. Molly and I send our love. We're so excited. A little Seattle Sports Saturday baby, our first one of the yeah. show. So the next um, generation. Such such a blessing and uh I'm so excited for you too and um yeah, they're they're coming at a, a great time in Seattle sports. So hopefully more success comes with that as well. Yeah, so we're we're super excited. We we can't we can't wait. Got to see it yesterday again. So uh, we're super excited. We don't know the gender of the baby yet. Uh, that's still yeah. about six weeks away. So <laughs> that'll be fun to find that out. But yeah, at least some good news this week. So that is going to do it for us here on this Seattle Sports Saturday. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. We'll be back with you again next week. This is seven ten ESPN Seattle.